You're listening to the best of the TomBernardShow.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> well, I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Brad Sean Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had comedian Ruben Paul in studio, bringing the funny to town as he always does. Next on the Best of... With a little Tevin Campbell? Okay, well, that's good. Uh, you know, Ruben. Yeah, whatever one happened. One of the tough to, parts. Whatever happened, what happened to, Tevin, to what? Tevin Campbell? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that I was like never happened to Tevin Campbell. I know. What were you saying, Tom? I'm sorry. No, 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 no not a problem at all. But I, I just, uh, you know, doing the morning show and then doing the afternoon show, I spend a lot of time on stories, whether it's, you know, on television, it's video stuff, it's in the newspapers or whatever the deal is. And we've been talking lately, like every story has a political bent to it. Every story. It's just you can't get away from it. I look today, there's a couple of good ones today that don't have anything to do with politics. Wow. I'll just read the headlines for you. You ready? Yes. Ex-NFL player charged in death of girl is afraid to go home. Okay, I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, but here's my favorite favorite story of the day. Yeah, it should be empty. Why are you going? There? Yeah, Her, your ghost going to come and get you? Maybe if you killed her, maybe then she'd haunt your ass. What do you think of that? Yeah. Uh, my favorite story of the day, though, so far. I haven't read the story yet, but the headline alone is a real grabber. Ninety-year-old Powerball winner sues son over money. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting world today. It's What can I tell you? <laughs> he must have thought she wouldn't need it. <laughs> You're 90. I, I guess. Yeah. I guess he just stole the money from her. Now she's suing over over the yeah. whole situation. But it's, um, you know. Uh, all he has to do is drag just, it out in court. That's all he has to do. Yeah, that's true. Just wait for her to die, you mean? Is that <laughs> exactly. what you're saying? That's real nice. I just wait for her to die. Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, turns out her son's a moron. So she gave him the money to invest for her. Uh, oh, God. So he invested it in a radio call-in guy who charged her $2 million to do it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. So he got. <laughs> if anyone tells you they need two million dollars to do anything, they're scamming you. Jeez. So pretty much true, yeah. Pretty much true. <laughs> pretty By much. the way, I'm looking at the picture of the guy. He's a complete loser. I'm looking at. The, he's just a flat out loser. Lady, what were you thinking? I know it's your kid, but yeah, he looks like a dork. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know the other thing, Ruben, that, that that we've been looking at lately, and today's another perfect example of it. 
uh, is the pandering that's going on in the politics in the United States. Uh, you know, I ask people all the time, do you get sick of being held up as kind of a human shield to make sure that certain, you know, certain honkies uh, got their ass covered? I mean, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. don't you? I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, God. thank you for bringing honky back. I haven't heard that term used <laughs> in such a long time. <laughs> yeah, you, you dusted that. that one off. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, I, I think it, it was uh, Superfly, the original. With Rod hey, O'Neill, Superfly. <laughs> Watch where you, you going, honky, honky mother effort. <laughs> hey, show you right. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. But yeah, we were talking about that. Now, now, what happened today was rather interesting because they passed a hands-free law in the state of Minnesota. Well, the, the governor's signing it today, so it's probably signed by now anyway. Uh-huh. But uh, no, uh, no talking or texting while you're in the car unless it's voice activated. You cannot hold a... Uh, a cell phone in your hand and talk on it, but they made one exception. What? You know what the exception is? What's the exception? Muslim women can stick the phone between their hijab and their ear. Why? That's got to be uncomfortable as hell anyway. Why can't you just talk on it like everybody else? For real. That's what they do, though. Well, but that's that's what who does. That's actually, like, when you're just walking about you uh-huh. actually see women oh yeah they just have it stuck there you do yeah uh-huh. all the time it's a, it's a cultural thing it's a I cultural guess. thing yeah mm-hmm. they just do that well yeah but why don't why can't they just voice activate like everybody else well yeah i get i'm, I'm on board with you there but <laughs> but <laughs> no the I'm reason just, they're I'm just doing saying. it is because they already do that to begin with i think is why yeah, that's how it. they yeah, talk but, on the phone yeah because, i don't care yeah I mean, you're distracted so this is yeah. when you're in your vehicle, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means anybody who's broke and doesn't even have Bluetooth or anything in their car, they're not allowed to you use can the spend phone. $30 and get a Bluetooth headset, though. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's 30 bucks. I, I mean, if you don't have Bluetooth in your car, can you afford $30? To yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure every car ma- the At that point, you're still manually rolling down yeah. your window. Yeah, well, yeah. Or not to That's mention, true. Some, the very few people now that have like a flip phone that doesn't do Bluetooth capability, yeah. I mean, what about them? Right. <laughs> I have a friend, no. his dad doesn't even have a cell phone. That's so That's weird. Oh, I love him. Doesn't have a cell like phone, doesn't want to get a cell phone. And I don't really blame him, but but here's the thing, he's he's 80 years old and he's active, but it's like, all right, what if the car breaks down and you know, like, what do you like? What do you do? There's no payphones anywhere anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's the hard part. You go to a gas station now. There's no payphone anywhere. And they're not gonna let you use the and phone they, anyway. Yeah, no. you have to buy one of those no, track phones. Yeah, <laughs> that's just I don't know. No, that's true. That's Self- what my look, I want to be very. I want to be very, very clear. Phone. Yes. Your grandpa has what? My grandpa Your just grandpa has wears a, a hijab? No. <laughs> no, he just Watch has, what I heard. No, he just started with just a tiny little, you know, track phone. Mm-hmm. Paid like $20 a month for yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. That's all he started with. And then he jumped on the, the smartphone bandwagon. <laughs> and because I know smart. all the... All the uh, pricks at the newspapers and the TV stations are going to basically call me a racist now for saying that today. But I'm not talking about the Muslim side of it. I'm talking about, well, as Reuben Paul calls them, these honky mother efforts. That <laughs> really? You're, you're, put, hold- you're putting that on me, Tom? <laughs> yes, he is. No, I, <laughs> yes, I am. It's unbelievable. But, but it's got, and I ask people, and I, uh, you know, I talk to people about this a lot, uh, you got to be getting sick of being being held up as a human shield so these these elitist and it is white people i don't know what the hell's wrong with white people right now it's just Tom, oh, I, was, I, I, was I know ho- i was hoping you could explain that <laughs> <laughs> well we're figuring it out together ruben <laughs> okay <laughs> well we'll figure it out together awesome. i just why do some people, some white people, think they need to talk about how I know people of color and different orientations and different genders and transgender? What are you protecting yourself from? Well, because you're using these people as human shields. You can tell by the way they say it. Yeah. It's guilt. Yeah, it's the guilt. White guilt. You know, yeah, a lot of it is is guilt and to justify 
you know, whatever behaviors or thoughts that they that they truly have. I mean, I I think I just at the end of the day, actions always speak speak louder. People have very, uh, all kind of opinions, and then you go, "Well, how many black friends do you have, or how many p- friends of you know of of color do you have?" Well, it's like, well, I don't really have any, but <laughs> <laughs> but other than but that, I love them. <laughs> oh, I had a, a I had a, a reporter approach me about my my racist views toward brown people. That's what they they call everybody brown people now. Did yeah. you notice that? I've okay, so heard that thrown around. Yeah, yeah. My my racist attitude toward brown people, and I you just don't you don't you just it seems so obvious you don't like. I said, you know, and I got to be honest with you. When I was 18 years old, I moved to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to work in radio. I didn't know anybody in town, and my roommates that I met up there were a black man and his black sister, mm. and we were roommates. I don't think if I was really a racist, I'd have lived with black people. Do you? No. No, not at all. And no. I mean, you have had so many conversations over the years, and I always uh, respect your stance on certain social issues. So, uh, as a black man, I vouch for you, Mr. Honky. God, I love you. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Honky. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just would like to take it on an individual basis. Absolutely. There are people of all colors and all stripes that are jerks, and people of all colors and all stripes that are wonderful people. Absolutely. What's the problem here? Yeah. I think a lot of it is empathy. You know, a lot of people really uh, just care about themselves. And, yeah, yep, um, there you go. It's the guilt that, you know, makes them try to justify uh, inequality or people being mistreated. So they try to make it seem like they're on board. I think it's just wonderful that that most people ignore the whole situation and go, now, come on, man. Really? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that multi-billionaire, because I believe Nancy Pelosi, and look, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm mm-hmm. neither one, so I'm not taking a political stance here against anybody, yeah. as I've made very clear. I don't care for Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. I don't like either one of them. So, you know, it, it, it's not a political thing. Yeah. I just would like to see maybe it, maybe it could serve the taxpayer. What do you think? Just a thought. Yeah, it's a novel idea. You know, man, it is a novel idea. But, you know, the whole thing seems to me we could get past this. First of all, I'd like to know how it's possible. I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday, but how did Julian Assange stay so handsome? <laughs> did you see him? No. Oh, my God. Well, he, was a, he was kicked out of the Ecuadorian embassy. And now he's probably going to get extradited back to the United States. He looks like he's 130 years old. <laughs> and you know why they kicked him out of the Ecuadorian embassy in, in London? Why? Because he would skateboard through the embassy at like 3 o'clock in the morning and holler and whisper and play very loud music at 3 o'clock in the morning. So they finally said, you got to go, pal. And they kicked him out of the embassy. <laughs> but who, who's in the embassy at 3 o'clock in the morning? Can a guy oh, skateboard and yell at 3 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Sounds like something off a person wreck. You know? <laughs> That's his oh, downtime. <laughs> Andy, would you uh, see if you can find a picture of Julian Assange that you can show them? He looks horrible. Is it with his beard? Yes. Okay, yeah. I, I'm looking at it right oh. now. Oh, How's yeah. it going, great grandpa? He looks like that guy from um, what was that? The uh, National Lampoon Christmas movie. Oh, Randy Quaid. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does have a Randy Quaid quality to him. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> nice. Oh my oh, goodness! He totally oh, he does. He, oh yeah. He totally. <laughs> they left out the drug use that was involved in yeah. skating through those halls at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> God, you think that yeah, Randy Quaid might have done a drug or two, maybe? You think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at three o'clock oh, in the morning. Oh God. Jeez. I want to know what yeah, happened. I, what 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 led up to the skateboard riding at three a.m. That's what I, guess I want he just to know. thought he was. I think he was king. Of the, he thought he was king of the world. He could do whatever he wanted to, but now he's being extradited. Probably spend the rest of his life in prison. Dumbass. <laughs> no. Probably a lot of booze. I know. He's probably saying, uh, well, "Since you're extraditing me, can I take the cocaine with me?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't I just take it with me? That'd be that'd be fun for me. I don't know. That it's just. Un- oh, speaking of booze hounds, by the way, I was. Uh, you know the guy who does the Travago ads, the guy on TV. No. You know Travago that uh, that there are all these different hotel rooms. You uh, can find yeah, the yeah. Oh yeah, I know who you're Travago. talking about. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Well, many years ago, I have a I have a friend that he's a New York Italian guy, 
right? Mm-hmm. So we're sitting around years ago, and this guy comes on and starts talking about Trivago, and he goes, hey, Tommy, Tommy, I guarantee you that guy's a soak. He called, he called him a drunk, basically. Yeah, drunk, right? <laughs> well, he just got arrested for DWI because he was sitting on the side of the road with the car running and his foot on the brake, passed out. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not a good move there for, was it Tim Williams? I think his name is Tim Williams. Yeah, he got, uh, he got popped. Oh, he's got the exact same hair as Hillary Clinton, too. I just noticed that. <laughs> They got the same haircut. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just they got the exact same haircut because there's a picture of them side by side. Can we go back to the yeah, words? Got, the word soak. I've never heard that term used ever. I think the guy just. I'm, you know, it might be a New York Italian thing. I don't know, but I think it's soaking up all the booze you possibly can. <laughs> that's a great. That's this guy's a soak. The guy's a soak, man. <laughs> you know, it's like a booze hound, a soak. You know, all the good stuff. Oh, wow. The diversity just increased in the room. <laughs> oh, JB. 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 Funny thing is, when you said that, yeah. he actually knew what that meant. Yes, exactly. You're so yeah, sharp, Yeah, I knew Tom. exactly what it meant. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. My youngest brother got there, so I, I knew, when you said that, oh, diversity. Yeah. My Every, every gift I get from from jb and some of them that make me tear up so i throw them at them because it's too sweet yep. oh wow it, it mm. is honestly god you're that part of you jb i will never forget man you are one of the kindest people i've ever met god i hate being nice to you yeah no, i know that and jb we, we, we were talking about honkies earlier were you yeah okay <laughs> so go ahead and jump right in sucker <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. JB, what's up, man? Nothing, just running in. Yeah, you know. just running in. Okay, well, we can take a break so you can settle down. Did you bring a cookie with you? No, I got some Cheetos. <laughs> Cheetos. Oh, Cheetos. Okay. okay. I knew he had something. But the line, Ruben, was, I'm not kidding you. The, the line was too long to place uh, an order downstairs, yeah. so. Wow. I'm not kidding you. Some days he walks in that studio and he's got a cookie the size of a manhole cover with him. <laughs> and those cookies are huge. Those things are big, man. And JB looks we like he's right in good back. shape, man. Oh, he is in really good shape. Absolutely. And by the way, his son's a lot nicer than he is. So let's just keep a focus on that. Don't you think, JB? That's true. <laughs> we'll be right back yeah. with the family. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Ruben Paul on the best of. Coming up next, we had Rami Romani on the phone talking about mummies. Next on the best of. Ladies and gentlemen, Rami Romani, is that how you pronounce your name? I just want to make sure. Incorrect, but I forgive you. Oh. Okay, Rami. so how do you pronounce <laughs> It's Rami. I- is it Romani, though? Yes, you got one right. So it's Rami Romani. Correct. I just, I love it. Okay. Rami, I got to tell you a story up front. Just get this out of the way quickly. It's a well-known story here in this market because I've talked about it before. But when I was a little kid, I went to, uh, you know, you used to have the triple feature horror films on Saturday afternoons. And the kids could get in for very little money. And it usually was a Dracula movie, a Frankenstein movie, and a mummy movie. And I was sitting <laughs> in my, my chair. And this was in an inner city neighborhood. We're sitting there, and uh, about 10 minutes into the movie, the mummy first catches up with uh, someone and kills them. So as the mummy catches this person and kills them, a guy in the back yells out, How you can't outrun a mummy? Because they weren't moving very fast, Rami. <laughs> right? Well, well, Tom, I have to tell you, the knowledge about mummies completely changed from 80 years ago or when you were a child. Uh, mummies <laughs> are... Oh. <laughs> You're very funny, Rami. You're a funny guy. Mummies are not. Mummies are not toilet paper wrapped zombie moving um, <laughs> creatures. They are real humans, and yes, you can outrun them because they don't walk at all. 
That's what I thought. Well, Remy, I'll rarely t- come back to life. Remy, I'll tell you this. You're right. I think those movies did uh, did come out in about 1940, 1935, but I wasn't alive yet then. These must have been repeats. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. What? How did you? So, so where did you grow up? First of all, I grew up in Cairo, Egypt. I grew up right in the heart of okay. all where all the mummies oh. are and the Great Pyramids is. My view was the Great Pyramid of Giza. Hmm. Wow, that's phenomenal. So you're in your home home territory, which is is terrific. So I would assume you've been interested. In uh, the culture and uh, archaeology. archaeology forever, right? Absolutely. I, I loved ancient Egyptian civilization, culture, language, archaeology, but I was also terrified, terrified by the sight of mummies. It wasn't until much no, later in you're... my life that I realized <laughs> that I realized they weren't going to hunt me. No, so in other words, you're 80 years old as a little kid. That's what we're talking about. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're talking to Remy Romani about Mummies Unwrapped premieres tonight, as a matter of fact, 9 o'clock Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern and Pacific on Discovery Channel. And we've talked about this many times before, but uh, I tell you, Discovery Channel is phenomenal. Love Discovery Channel. They come up great programming like this. As a matter of fact, Mummies Unwrapped. For centuries, mummies have fascinated, terrified, and even enlightened people. They not only hold the key to unlocking our ancient past, but also to solving mysteries that have confounded historians for hundreds, even thousands of years. Um, That whole ancient Egypt, that culture, didn't it last for several thousands of years? Absolutely, but here's here's the deal. Most people think mummies are only found in Egypt, but that's not the case. In this season of Mummies Unwrapped, I go all over the world looking for mummies and trying to solve mummy mysteries in Peru, uh, Mexico, Argentina, Denmark, Ireland, England, and, of course, Egypt. And I go to Maine, Oklahoma, and Washington, D.C., where they also have their own mummies. They didn't. Now, in Washington, D.C., uh, first of all, in Maine, why did they have a mummy in Maine? I mean, why was there a mummy in Maine? Well, let me explain. In Washington, D.C., a lot of people don't know that in the early 1900s and the late 1800s, there was a specific mummy, American mummy, that toured this country in sideshows and dime museums. And hundreds of thousands of Americans paid their dime so they can go look at that mummy, allegedly, of John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of President Abraham Lincoln. All right, yeah. Now, now that that mummy holds a mystery because if it is true and that mummy is actually John Wilkes Booth's mummy, the age of that mummy when it died was 35 years older than when John Wilkes Booth was shot in a barn. And there are theories out there that suggest that John Wilkes Booth could have escaped and wasn't actually shot in a barn. And uh, I tried to hunt this mummy down to try and find reasoning. And I do use modern technology, cutting-edge technology, to try and crack this 150-year-old case. Now, the reason I did bring up Egyptian culture is because I, I do believe mummification was invented in Egypt, was it not? Or was it invented coincidentally around the world? Did they just figure it out? How did this happen? Mummification, mummification was invented in Egypt, but you are right. Yeah. Around the world, everyone had fascination, was absolutely fascinated at that time by making sure that they lived for immortality. Immortality was a goal. They believed that there is another dimension, there is an afterlife, that all of them will go through, and they believed that their bodies was crucial for them to go through that, that other world and other dimension. And that's why they had to preserve their bodies as, as, as perfectly in shape as possible to manage to achieve immortality. Yeah, it makes total sense. By the way, I did jot down on a piece of paper, Rami Romani said, you're right, Tom. I'm going to keep that forever. I'm going to send it as- <laughs> Out of context, Tom. Gonna- Out of context. <laughs> I love that. Out of context, Tom. I love that so much. It's wonderful. 
You know, and I suppose it is because of Boris Karloff and all the rest of it that I became interested in in mummies. But then, you know, there was a King Tut exhibit that traveled uh, the United States. Well, traveled the world, but traveled the entire United States, including I I think every state in the Union had the King Tut exhibit, which brought a lot of attention to it. Uh, Cassie played the uh, the King Tut song from Saturday Night Live. There was a lot of talk about Tutankhamun on Saturday Night. I mean, across the board. So uh, it is fascinating stuff all these treasures that have been uncovered and and now you're telling me that they're the mummies in maine and mummies in oklahoma mummies in washington dc you were talking about maybe john wilkes booth who knows but it's uh the whole part of mummification is to carry your being into the afterlife is is that pretty much baseline what it's all about yes they believe they will transform themselves, that the mummy is a vessel, basically, that will take them into a place where they can live for immortality right after they die here in this life. Remy, i got to ask you a question about, because you, you also talked about, you know, Mayan mass graves and all the rest of it. Is there a clear understanding where the Mayans actually came from, uh, you know, the Aztecs, all the rest of them? Um, uh, you, do, do we know yet to this this day where those cultures came from? Uh, because there were no human beings uh, in the in the Western Hemisphere at all. Were there back in those early days before the Aztecs and the Mayans and Native Americans? Of course, uh, didn't they all pretty much come across the land bridge from from Russia into Alaska and then down through the rest of the uh, the, the continents? Yes, it is, it, is, it is a mystery. It is a mystery where a lot of the ancient civilizations came from. But we do have mummies. We know that these are humans yeah. that came from somewhere. Now, the DNA can be very degraded, but one of the reasons I decided to do uh, a series like Mummies Unwrapped today is because today, more than ever, we do have the technology. We do have amazing cutting-edge technology that can get us deep insights into our history because of these mummies. We have a technology that can take a little hair sample from a mummy and can tell us so much details, including what was that lost, what was that mummy's lost meal? That's how wow. good the technology God. is now. So in a way, Man. we can go back and literally I sit there with the technology and I look at those mummies and I listen to the stories they're telling me, to where they're from, to what their story is. That is so amazing that we can do those things. And that's only been a development, what, about the last 50 years, something like that? And some of it only in the last Even decade. Even less. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. God, that's three times now you said I was correct. I'm on fire. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> You're counting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am counting. Hey, anybody as smart as you are, if they say, if they say you're right, you got to go, hey. That guy, that smart guy said I was right. So, you know, I think it's, see, I, I just, once again, I've already stated that I love the Discovery Channel. I love stories like Money, Mummies Unwrapped, the whole, de- I, I think it's the only way we can ever understand. Because I think a lot of people these days, because I think the world and certainly in the United States are such a negative tone now and people are battering each other on social media and all the rest of it. To look back at where we came from in the first place, I think, is very, very important because uh, you, can, yeah. you cannot just go back 100 years or 500 years. You have to go back 10,000 years, and we all came from the same place, and I think that's very, very important. I love this work you're doing. Thank you so much, Sean, and I completely agree. When we look back at history and, 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 and try to study it and look back at our own ancestors, because guess what? The ancient Egyptian mummies are your ancestors too. I mean, yes. all these mummies yep. came from the same place. We're all humans, and it's all the same. People were managed to build great civilizations. And that's the other thing that just puts, if you put that in perspective, a great civilization like ancient Egypt was one of the strongest civilizations ever existed. Buildings mm-hmm. that we can't even build today. We can't even attempt to start trying and build today. And they collapsed. They went away. You have to understand that and you have to look at it. However strong any civilization can be, can go away in a glimpse so quickly. If you think about America, Mm, America is what? 200 years old, 300 years old? Ancient Egypt lost it for 3,000 years. Yep. 3,000 years they lost. Great civilization. 
and it went away. We are nothing in history. And the least we could do is to learn about our ancestors and to look at those mummies and learn their stories. I couldn't agree more, Remy. I, I think it's very, very important that we study every culture and look at all things because we are all related, whether we want to think we're not because of our skin tone or whatever the situation is. We are all related. We all have the same ancestors. If you go back, well, we do. We just have the same ancestors. I don't understand why people can't grasp that. And I think your work and people like you is very, very important for that exact reason. I don't think most, I would, I bet you if you ask most people, how long did Egypt as a great nation exist in the early times, they would probably guess about 100 years. I bet you they would. They would think, (laughs) oh, yeah, it was about 100 years and it was, you know, then the, 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 uh, the British showed up in like 1901 and ruined everything. I mean, that's what people think, right? Uh, 3,000 <laughs> yeah. years. 3,000 years. This is the fourth time I'm going to tell you. You are correct, Tom. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you think back in history as far back as you can think, <laughs> if you think back in history as far back as you, as you can think, and you think Jesus, Jesus is so old, long time ago. Jesus was 2,000 mm. years old. Ancient Egypt lasted twice as long and existed twice as far back. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. That's why we do have to pay attention. We do have to study and study and study. And we all need to understand uh, Remy Romani and I have never met, but I am related to him. We all are. <laughs> and I really wish we'd, we could get a grasp of that and say, hey, you know, the way you handle your country is your business or whatever. But as far as being a human being, I don't care what color you are, where you're from, your gender, whatever. We are all related. So get over it. We're all the same. Right. Absolutely. That's a great way of putting it, Tom. Well, thank you. I, and I, I love the work you're doing. It educates people more and more and more. I'm hoping that people do understand the importance uh, that Egypt has played in, in the human beings on Earth in their life. The Aztecs, the Mayans, the Native Americans in, in, in North America, all the people from Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Asia. It's all very, very important. But don't forget, we all started off in North Africa. Just a fact, right? Tom, why are you being so nice? Is there something you want from me? I have to tell you, I did not pay Tom anything to say those words. <laughs> no, you did not. But it's true, isn't it, Rami? Absolutely. Okay, well, you need to come back and talk some more because... You know, I've never even met you, but we get along famously because I go, you know, you're the best. No, Tom, you're the best. That's how life should work. Right? <laughs> Just don't mess up my name again. But, yeah. Let's I said Rami. <laughs> Rami. Yeah, I would. Oh, it's Rami. Okay, Rami. You know, did you steal your name from the guy that played, from the, played the lead singer in Queen in the movie? His name is Rami Malik. No, he, he's also Egyptian. If you know his name, why can't you pronounce yeah. mine? It's the same exact name. I <laughs> said Rami. I, uh, uh, Mr. Romani. How would we do that? Mr. Uh, Romani, you, you absolutely have to come back. I love talking to you. you please Thanks do come much. back. We can learn a lot from you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. I'm Dallas Brilliant. Cheers. Love it. Uh, Mummies Unwrapped, ladies and gentlemen, premieres tonight at 9 o'clock Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern and Pacific on Discovery Channel. I loved him. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. All the old paintings on the tomb, they do the sun dance, don't you know? If they move too quick, away. they're falling down like a domino. All the buzz are men by the night, we got the money. That was Rami Romani. In the best of Coming up next Closing out the show We're opening up the Vault We're heading all the way back On this one To episode number 246 With Jimmy Pardo And Eddie McDaniel And featuring one of my favorite stories Of all time on the show Next On the best of they bring you more All the school kids so sick of 
Jimmy Pardo, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. I, I, it's exciting to listen in and all the hubbub going down there. Mike's going down to get somebody. It's exciting to hear that. <laughs> Mike is going down. To, actually, it, today exciting. is the first day of Vikings training camp. Eddie McDaniel, wonderful linebacker for the Vikings for many, many years, is coming to the studio to talk about foot. The NFL. You're a, you're an NFL fan, aren't you? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Why not? I, 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 I know Fran Turkington. No. And that's about his. Uh, uh, well, there was another guy. <laughs> That's good. Did you remember another fellow on that team once? Yes, one time there was one guy. <laughs> that was. God exactly. bless that I'm dumb. The only uh, football player I can name is uh, Bo Nose. What's his name, Bo Derrick? Bo Derrick. Bo Derrick, sure. Yes, Bo Derrick, yeah. It's Bo playing Hunchback. I can't even believe you remember Bo Derrick. She's before your time, too. Jimmy, you, so, so you're, you're getting into town. When are you getting into town? I get into town to, uh, tomorrow, uh, right around uh, 5 o'clock. Why is that? Why is what? What do you? What part are you asking? Why, why am I coming you, at all, or why that time? No, no, no. Why you didn't come in so we could sit down together and talk about Never Not Funny and talk about the podcast and talk? Uh, well, I uh, you know I work over at Conan, so I uh, we have a show tonight. Oh, that's true. And so uh, you know, uh, and then you know, you know, the day of the red eye is gone. I wish the red eye was still around. Yeah, that's uh, true. But, you know, it's gone. Nine Eleven ruined everything. You know that. <laughs> well, that's true. Jimmy Pardo will be at Acme uh, tomorrow night, Friday night. And Saturday night. Are you doing two shows both nights? Two and two. Yeah, I'm doing the Woolery. i got to tell you something that's just un- two and the Woolery. Two and two. Um, I, I, Andy Kindler was in town at Acme yeah. last week, right? So I go see Andy on, on Saturday night. Gets in a verbal battle with a guy in the in the audience. It was unbelievable to watch Kindler. It, it, was, un- it was amazing. I think the guy was an anti-Semite and a Nazi. I'm not sure, but... It was bizarre. Um, and that's generally, you know, it's one of my favorite clubs in the country. It's top oh, yeah. three favorite clubs. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that, uh, although, uh, you know, I was once there with my wife. It was my, uh, my wife was the opener and, and Jackie Cation was featuring. And I was, oh, yeah. uh, you know, obviously headlining. And, um, <laughs> yes, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, certainly on that lineup. Uh, and they're all great people. I, I don't know why I had to take them down. But um, my wife, who is uh, Jewish, uh, encountered some of that. Uh, while she was on stage, somebody uh, yelled really? out uh, from the audience uh, uh, something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, but I remember uh, the aftermath, some guy yelled out, uh, they should put you in an oven. <gasps> they really? put you in an oven? My word. Said that, yelled that out to my wife. That's uh. true. While she's on stage. Yeah. Oh, my, my girlfriend God. At the time. He yells that out. Uh, I was in the back of the room. You know how that, that room is situated? We're yep. like over by the sound uh, board over there. Yep. And I jumped up, and I just started going nuts. Who said it? Who, I started going crazy. Really? And then the, uh, the bouncers had to stop me from getting involved because I would have just gone nuts on the guy. And I then probably end up getting killed because, you know, I'm five foot four and a pussy. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, but, but honestly, it was like one of the one of the three times in my life I felt like a man defending a the woman and and just you know it just it didn't even it didn't even cross my mind to like go oh, I better run. Well, uh, but other than that, that that's my uh, honestly and you know that story aside, you know I love that club. No, there's no question about that. By the way, Eddie McDaniel, uh, all time. No, you're in the Hall of Fame, aren't you? Eddie? Yeah. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Eddie oh. McDaniel Hall of Fame. Eddie McDaniel yeah. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Eddie McDaniel. How many, years, how many years did you play for the Vikings? Uh, two. <laughs> two yeah. I happened to be on the team for ten years, and I had some uh, some pictures of, with Coach Green. You know, some bad pictures. So guess what? I just happened to be on the team for an extra eight years. For ten years, that's <laughs> a good number. Jimmy Pardo is with us. So he's calling for. Are you in Los Angeles right now? Uh, Jimmy Pardo Hall of Fame. Yes. The Jimmy Pardo <laughs> Hall of Fame right now. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I, I'm going to call him Eddie Mac. I'm very comfortable doing it. Oh, Eddie that's Mac. good. That's good. That's good. Uh, I like that he has to give his uh, the credentials. That's how he introduces himself. I love that. At a party? I, I, who wouldn't love that guy? Now, Jimmy, i got to tell you something because uh, our son, Andy, it, Catherine, my wife, is on the on the podcast. Here our I daughter, am. Alex, our son, Andy, Don Shelby, who's the, many, many years with the Channel 4 doing the, the, the news at 6 and 10. And Don Shelby, Hall of Fame. Don Shelby, oh, Hall of Fame. I know Don. Don yeah, is so, a good guy now. What? Don is a great guy. Oh, wait a minute. Don't start that bullshit now. He is a great guy. Ah. Well, here we go. I did a show 20% likely he'll be running for Congress. So, Jimmy. 20% yes. The fact that you said you're, you're, not a foot, you're not a sports fan. Andy no, knows. that's not what I said. That is not what I said. I said I'm not a football oh, fan. Oh, you're sucking up now. You're sucking up now. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Mack, I know you're in the hall. Put I'm not a movie fan either. For a second. I, uh, uh, I don't follow football. I don't okay, know. Okay, you don't uh, follow football. 
Andy, our son Andy does not follow any sports at all. Was once asked uh, to name one football player, and he just named Bo Derrick. <laughs> Wait, oh, so that just happened? That was real? That was real. Yes, that was real. That was, he didn't make that up. And uh, uh, I did. I don't. It was either Bo, Bo Derrick or Bo Jackson. I didn't know which who's, one it was. Who's who's? Oh, it was Brent uh, Weinbach. Uh, yeah, Brent Weinbach. You know Brent Weinbach. I do. Yes. You know who Brent Weinbach named as the only football player he knew? Uh, well, I, I can't make. I, you got to give me a clue. Joe Montana. <laughs> now, not Montana, Joe Montana. Chicago-born actor. Yeah, like around the pigskin from time to time. So, so finally, to close out the story and turn the show back over to you, um, Eddie McDaniel. I talked to him at about uh, ten minutes to three. He said, "I'll be there in forty-five minutes." So he got here like an hour and a half, which is good for Eddie. It's on Eddie time. So Andy again. Uh, not a foot, not a sports fan at all. So he looks up at the clock at ten after four. And he goes, "When's football, Joe, getting here?" <laughs> See, Tom, the thing, Tom, the thing is, my great grandfather was white, so I split the it in bullshit. half. My great grandfather was white. I split it in half, so I gave my. I guess what I gave my black people, not African American, black people, black some little credit, and then I gave the white people some credit too. Okay, okay. Thank you for that. So I split it in half. <laughs> I like that. That makes sense. I'm not African American. I'm black. You're black. You're not I was here just as my people was here just as long as you. <laughs> no, that's true. You can put those on top of your head, but I don't. I don't want to. You know, ruin we came over this there. this great cruise ship. Oh man, <laughs> came to the paradise. <laughs> we had this carnival ship to bring us over here. Me, what? It was great. If you, if you don't want to be part of this whole uh, Paula Dean thing, <laughs> you guys, Paula Dean haven't done anything to me but got me full. If I'm looking up for some food, I'm looking up Paula Dean. <laughs> she haven't done anything to me. That's my I girl. literally feel like I'm on hold listening to this show. <laughs> I understand how you feel completely. And she got a little dog up here. Not a kid, a dog a up here. A little dog. Sleeping. He won't even hunt or anything. No, no. He, she won't hunt. She'll hunt a, hunt so a cricket. Jimmy is uh, guys. Jimmy has to. By the work. way, I, I want to jump in here, Tom, if I can. I, I like that uh, Eddie not only lets us know that he's a Hall of Famer, uh, then he also lets us know that he's black because uh, nobody would have guessed that just with the name Eddie McDaniel. It's <laughs> <laughs> important. Well, that's he probably sounds like a member of the Temptations. Does he not, Eddie McDaniel? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. You're Eddie thinking Kendrick. of Hattie McDaniel. Is the dog over there breastfeeding or something? Ah! Oh, oh, Your shirt is all wet and everything. Jimmy, battling with Eddie McDaniel is going to be... you crazy. In any case, I just want to point out that it's Jimmy Pardo. Uh, we talked to Jimmy last to Christmas. Just before. Was it Christmas time? Well, when do you it do was the Christmas time. When do you do the podcast? I do the podcast a the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah Thanksgiving. Was right around that. Thanksgiving so it was time. just before Thanksgiving we talked about that, and it was tremendously successful. Man, we raised uh, $114,000. Wow. And that was just from Good John Hamm. Uh, John came by. He opened up his wallet. He was very kind. So I hear. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it was 114 Might have been 140 I can't remember what the number was, but it was craziness. What are you skimming? Yeah, I'm taking a couple of uh, bucks. <laughs> Why not? I'm doing the work. Got expenses. You know what I mean? I mean, I, yeah, damn right I got expenses. I got to sit there and I got to talk. You know, my, my time's worth money. The fact that you're not in studio, I can say this, you are one of the funniest men in America. There's no question. Oh, you're, you're nice to say it. I wish I was in the studio because I'd probably take a swing at McDaniel. <laughs> Good idea, oh God. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm, thank God my mother's not hearing this. <laughs> You don't know that. Oh, I see. Well, maybe you do know that. I don't know anything about your mother. Yeah, she's not hearing this because she wants some money. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, you need to hear this story. Do you mind telling that story? Which one? But when you signed that big multi, multi-million dollar oh, contract. Jimmy, you'll love this one. <laughs> so I signed this contract years ago, even though I had pictures on Coach Green and all that, and that's the reason I got the contract for five years, X amount of dollars. So I go home. I said, Mom, you will love this. I said, Mom, check this out. She said, Oh, son, we are rich. I said, hold up now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold We're up. not rich. I said, Mom, if this was in the, like the 1600, 1700, and I was the king, I said, you know what you'd have been? She said, honey, I'd have been the queen. I said, no. You'd have been the peasant. <laughs> I'm the king. 
Good thing you're not in charge. I don't pay for everything right here. I'm the king. Oh, honey, we're rich. Uh, Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) See what you have to deal with. Oh, look at the ladies in. They like the shaking the head. No. My son would never do anything like that. Exactly. It's just terrible. Buy me a house. Uh, so you get into t- so you get into town tomorrow. You get you have to be on stage like what three hours after you land. No, I apologize. Are you see, speaking to me already at this moment. You. I don't know you, sir. Uh, when do I jump in? I swear. Here, to here, God. Okay, here's how it's going to go. I'll go. Uh, so you uh, get into town tomorrow night. If I'm talking to me, look here. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it be. Look here now. Look, uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, five o'clock. Uh, listen. Uh, there was no way to get there sooner. The the, the flight pattern isn't uh, kind. Uh, I don't know what that sentence means. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I fly, I fly uh, on, on one airline alone, so I don't take a direct flight from L.A. to, to Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Uh, it's an error on my part uh, to you know so that I could uh, sit in first so you're class a coach. and not sit back there with the, with uh, you know with Eddie's mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're a coach with my mom. I'm not a baggage claim. <laughs> You know, I, I can't sit back there with the riffraff and that nonsense. I got to be on top. <laughs> you, I got to tell you something. Over Conan, you, uh, you you had already made that reference. You have an incredible staff over there. Oh my God, you're not kidding. We have the the greatest group of people I've ever worked with. Oh, you do. I, and how many writers do you have on the show? Oh, geez, I uh, I think there's uh, six monologue writers and then like another five uh, sketch writers. And this, the monologue writers are just very quickly. Uh, oh boy, you're Kill Martin. Spot. Uh, you Lori Kill Martin. She's phenomenal. She is uh, very, I mean, just amazingly funny. A guy named Jesse Pop, who's amazingly mm-hmm. funny. A guy named Josh Comers, who's terrifically funny. Uh, uh, I'm going to drop it. Matt O'Brien might now. He's not a mono guy. He's a sketch guy. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on it. Well, you're but, throwing it at me. Basically. Be grateful I said Fran Tarkington 20 minutes ago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but Lori Kilmartin was on the podcast, what, about two months ago? She was she was at Acme. Yeah. Yeah. It was two, yeah, it was two months ago, ago, right? She is brilliant. I mean, she, Yeah, I think she's great. I think she's the, great. Whenever I... Uh, uh, I do a show, uh, shows here from time to time uh, at the Improv, Jimmy Pardo and Friends, and uh, mm-hmm. Lori is always like the first person that I write to see if she's available. God, somebody I was just talking to, I, I, God, Jimmy, I wish I could remember who it was, but they were bitching about having to do, oh, it was, it was Andy Kindler, because he, he had to do a, an Adam Carolla podcast, and he was bitching about having to go down to the John Lovitz Theater to do it. Oh, that's a nightmare. <laughs> I knew you'd love that story. That is just it, 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 the the room is it's and I'm sure Andy went into full detail. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it, it's like they went out of their way to not set up a club for comedy. <laughs> like it's just hey hey can we make a really high stage and then have the ceiling go to the moon oh, so really? the laughs don't stay near us at all? It's horrible. Why did he do it? Why would he do it? Well, you know, I, it, it, in fairness to John, uh, it was it used to be it was BB King's Blues Club for a long oh, time. Oh, okay, okay. Then they converted it to a comedy club, but they didn't do anything. But the only thing they converted was the signage. Oh, uh, everything yeah. else is still like it's a blues club with uh, it's. Uh, uh, I feel like I, I got a friend of mine works over there, and I just basically have to block her emails so that I don't feel badly <laughs> about ignoring them. Well, yeah, it's. That's what I understand. Andy's messing with. Why are you messing with the cameras again, Andy? Camera fell. It fell. That's because of Eddie. That's good. Don't blame everything on the black guy. Yeah, I won't ever do that again. So, Not even your bad games Monday, okay? Yeah, Andy. Um, so now, Jimmy, how many years you been doing Never Not Funny? I've been doing uh, my podcast uh, since July. No, uh, abort, abort. Uh, March of two thousand six. Do you been doing it that long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, they. Uh, a lot of people say I was the first. I don't. Uh, I know that's not true, but uh, I'll, I'll certainly take the word pioneer. I'll take that. Uh, in fact, I'll say it. you be part of pioneer, Ed. Pioneer what? <laughs> okay. You know what, McDaniel? I swear to God. I mean, come to my shows tomorrow night, McDaniel. You're going. I'm, I'm going to take a swing at you. I'm five foot four. I'll hit you right in the thigh. I'm not See, guess what? When I was in South Carolina. We could we could fight and everything. Been in Minneapolis. What you learn to do? Hire a bunch of lawyers and you sue. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you got it. Well, get ready. Everybody suing you in there. You'll be working for us the next twenty years. Now, you're gonna lose that. Uh, you're gonna lose that. I've got this documentation that you were rude and ignorant to me. Oh. <laughs> and that's what get black people in trouble. Ignorant. <laughs> that's 
an interesting tussle we're having now. Oh, jeez. Oh, unnecessary. I, uh, I guess I'm going to have to call. We're on Sideshow Network. I'll have to call Sideshow Network and say, you better highlight this one because Jimmy Pardo and Eddie McDaniel have a race war yeah. on the show. Race war. No, 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 no. Let's be very clear. He brought race into it. That's true. You're I right, said nothing that. about race. That's true. Nothing. No, you're right. And, except for pointing out that his name could not be blacker. Check check out this one. Edward McDaniel. Edward. Edward. You you don't listen to Edward McDaniel doing uh, uh, middays over at uh, some R&B station? I I do not listen to him all any time. I would listen to Edward Edward McDaniel McDaniel here. That's the white guy name. (laughs) Edward. My grandmother, before she died, told me, your name is, before she died on a diabetic, Edward Thomas McDaniel. I said, Obama, please die. Please die. Please die. Eddie, listen, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just a jackass comedian calling in on the telephone. I'm going to say you have issues with women. I'm going to say your mom and uh, grandmother. A lot of anger. A lot of anger. Eddie's crying now. Light bulb you know, went in. You've made, head, Jimmy, you've made Eddie cry. Uh, well, Tell listen, uh, first step is uh, admitting, and then, you know, have the breakthrough. Sob it out, Eddie. Sob it out. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you probably didn't, you didn't really expect this kind of thing when you got on the phone, did you? I thought we'd uh, say, hey, we raised $100,000, and I'd hang up, and it'd be a nice afternoon. $100,000? Yes, what? Eddie, I know you're Hey, we come to see Jimmy, boys. Hey, yeah, he's got a hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars? Oh yeah. The AC. Y'all robbing the wrong people. That's in North Minneapolis. No, we're gonna rob some rich people now. <laughs> If anyone in here is wondering why it's so cold, it's because the AC was set to 64. Oh my Perfect. God. Uh, I guess so, uh, 65 great. degrees, so I don't know. I nah, guess that's why I got this blanket. Jimmy, we're going to have to do... You're going out of your way to exclude me from this conversation. <laughs> I'm not. I know you are. You try to keep it on point. Now I get this guy talking about the AC. <laughs> that's yeah, the AC, Andy. yeah. That's, that's Dan Andy's just trying to cover up that he doesn't know football. Hey, guys, AC, you look cold, right? <laughs> Mom and Alex are here wearing blankets and talking about how freezing it I is. I have a spare shirt on me as a blanket. She does. An extra, extra large shirt as a blanket. <laughs> Did it, take, it took this long for somebody to go, maybe the AC's too low? I don't care about cold. Yeah, he's like a... I'm right. Mr. White Christmas. It all works out in the end. Mr. Snow. Now, where'd you grow up, first of all, Jimmy? Uh, Chicago, South thought, Chicago. That's what I thought. You grew up in South Chicago. South side of Chicago, Eddie? Yeah, you won't go back there now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No. They kill the people over there. Me, so I, bad. I, mind, uh, I was re- with, hanging out with him recently. Uh, uh, this guy's the baddest man in the whole damn town. Got buddy of mine, Leroy Brown. <laughs> and uh, poor Eddie was in there. We, we were in a bar one night. He's just in there shooting dice, Ed. And, uh, well, you know, doesn't like to keep his thing in his pants, and uh, he ended up getting a knife fight. What? What? I'm, I'm just doing the lyrics. Yeah, the right bad, bad Leroy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He said it. Yeah. No, he was, just, just, he was ripping on Jim Croce. The president won't even go back to South Chicago. <laughs> Guys, I'm just referencing a song from 47 years ago. Yes. Well, there is that. Yeah. There is that. Was it 47? What would that be? 73? When did that come out? 73? Mm, want to say? Yeah, about then. Yeah. About 40 years ago. That yeah, is 40, right. Isn't that something? It, it is 40 years ago, Jim Croce. And did you ever go to the checkerboard? I think he was like 32, and I safely would say he looked 67 years old. Yes. Now, Don Shelby had a question. Did you ever go to the Checkerboard Lounge? Did I go to the Checkerboard? No. Okay. That's a place. No, that's Don, a place. Don Shelby, the, guys. New the, the best blues, <laughs> the best blues in the world on the south side of Chicago. Uh, so you don't have to go up north at Halstead. You go down south. But if you take a cab, the cab driver will pull you. We'll pull you, we'll pull you up on the sidewalk and let you out under the awning, so you actually are subjected to no humanity between the oh door of the cab and the door of the the, really? the bar. Yeah, and they'll pick you up the same way. Really? Yeah, because it's so dangerous. Can I tell my Arthur Bryant's story now? Go you ahead. ever been to Arthur Bryant's in Kansas no. City, Jimmy? I never have. No. Oh, it's magnificent. Yeah, you go down. You have to go down. I don't know if it's the hood, but it's you know, not a lot of white people down there. So I walked in, and I was much bigger at that time. Hard to believe. But I walked in, ordered a rack of ribs. I uh, had had my dinner, brought the empty tray back, and everybody who works in there is black. Everybody. And one guy turned in there. other guy said, I told you that motherfucker could eat. <laughs> that's what he and said. That's, that's at Wadzetta and 101. <laughs> 
well, you know what's interesting about all this? I, I actually live in an area of Los Angeles called Baldwin Hills. Um, and if you're wondering, uh, did BET have a reality show about this area? The answer is yes. Really? Yeah, BET had a, a reality show. It was like a, it was like the Hills. It was like a scripted reality show uh, called Baldwin Hills, and uh, that's where I live. My wife and son and I are three of maybe I don't know a dozen white people. Well, we didn't see that because it didn't last long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like Comptonish, though. Uh, no, no. They, it's called they they call it the Black Beverly Hills. Oh, the Black yeah. Beverly. Now, who would you? I don't usually. This this is not the kind of a question I usually ask about. Well, who are your neighbors? I don't usually give a shit, but in this case, I don't have uh, nobody of uh, my neighbors. Are, uh, boy, just get my my windows open. As I say, nobody of import. Um, <laughs> just uh, that's not good. I live in a nice neighborhood. It's just it's a nice uh, family neighborhood. Uh, as you go farther up the hill is where the famous people are, oh, okay. and. Um, you know, they see me coming. They assume that I'm, you know, looking to, uh, for some bills and co- bill collecting, and they uh, get me out of that area. <laughs> so they think you're the bill collector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that happens, right? In 2013, there's a guy coming around sure. for bills. Oh yeah, I know. I'd take that job in a minute. That'd be just a wonderful job. How horrible would that be? It would just be. A, you know, what, did you guys get this? There, we get a lot of um, contractors coming to the door. Uh, running some hustle where they say, uh, hey, we're working on the house next door, where it's apparently they don't think we have eyes. We can see they're not doing anything. Right. <laughs> and they say, we're working next door. Uh, you want us to give you an estimate on anything? And I don't I don't know what the scam is, but something's up. Yeah, well, the, what something's up is uh, usually it's a driveway. And what they it do is... Right. You're right. We get a lot of driveway. You want to oh, do your driveway? Yeah. Right, or roof. Yeah, right, yeah. or roof. Yeah. But the driveway right. scam so, is this. So what do you think the scam is? Where you throw them some money and they, they never come back? What do you well, think happens? They don't want any money. They're just waiting until uh, you leave and go out, and then they hit the house later on. That's it. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. You know what? That makes sense. Right? Because... Uh, Maybe that's what they're doing, because then if nobody answers, they just come in. They just uh, go in yeah. then, right? That usually happens. Nobody answers. You just come in. Yeah. Says the knowledgeable black man on the panel. Yeah, I love yes. it. Thank heaven she's there. Thank you very much. Yeah, You're there's welcome, no man. question about it. Jimmy, I'm sorry that you could, I couldn't see you in person. Uh, you couldn't come into the studio because I tell you what, like I said, you're one of the funniest guys I know. Boy, and, I appreciate that. It's high praise. Thank you. But I will tell you this. You also give a ton of your time. Well, I won't direct, say this directly to you, but Jimmy gives tons of his time to raise money for everything you could possibly think of. You just, uh, you're, you're an admirable guy. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm just trying to get by this great big marble, huh, guys? <laughs> so hopeful. Yeah, there you go. Jimmy, get into town safely. We'll love to see you over the weekend. Yeah, next, I will. Uh, thank next. you for uh, having me on, and uh, hopefully uh, somebody, uh, some buddies. Uh, I'm done talking. I'm a horrible man. All right, thank you. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> he goes goodbye. He just hangs and out. Up. Have you ever seen Jimmy Pardo live? Uh-uh. He's no, hilarious. Well, you've heard him live now. Well, if you're not busy tomorrow really? night and Saturday night. Oh, y'all alive over there? Wow, y'all saying something. <laughs> yeah, Catherine. I'm so cold. Never get a word in Jesus, it's cold in here. Catherine was yes, just shocked that when Eddie walked in, he didn't hang all over and kiss her neck. Remember that over, over at Bar La Graza? That yeah. We got a <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> Eddie, do you remember? Golden Valley High School? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Eddie, do you remember when I called you a black son of a bitch? Yeah, because you got mad because I did your show because you went out of town. No. You wanted to go up north fishing. I did your show and I had no. a higher rate. And you no. like, that was the other time so I called you a black son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we were Amelia Santanello and I okay. were walking back from Ruth Chris Ruth Chris Steakhouse. You love this one, mm-hmm. and and we were walking in kind of a dark area of it's a of block Kent and Street. a half. It wasn't very far. No, thank but, you, Tom. There was a dark. No, no, there but there was a dark area that we were walking. In, no, no street lights, and we were walking. And I hear running behind me i turn around with hat sideways oh god I, all i can not make a hoodie out, all i can, all I can <laughs> make out God. See that? you gotta be smart yeah easy wear a hat or hoodie yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. what you're yeah. gonna get shot a hat? that's what you are right all i can make out is an african-american male black black man he's not african-american black man and uh, I grabbed, uh, we turned around, and he's still running right at us. Oh, God. And I grabbed Amelia, and I pulled her back, and I'm fishing in my pocket trying to find my knife. And I find, I find ah, a ring. He's got a knife! And 
I said, get he's, back, you black yielding. son of a bitch. You, you did not. Did. Yes. He was shaking. Oh, shit. Get back, you. I said, no, you might have got me. He's like, I'm about to get you. He's still trying to pull it out. That's phenomenal. Oh, God. Oh, it was so funny. I'm going to nick you. Oh, my oh, Jesus. I didn't say, oh, I didn't say that until I recognized yeah. it was him. No, 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 I understand that. I mean, I saw it was him. Then <laughs> I understand I just, that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I God. got you. <laughs> oh, God. And Amelia couldn't stop laughing because I couldn't get the knife out of my pocket, and I'm kicking it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to throw some kung fu at him, and I don't know kung fu. I'm you just don't kicking know kung like fu. a girl. Yeah, back, you like a girl. Hey. <laughs> No, fight like a girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah fight like a girl. It's a good Honestly, thing. I think he threw Amelia on the ground and he ran. <laughs> there, now oh, we okay. get the truth. And Amelia, Finally. Just, now my run for Congress you? is guaranteed. Are you going to run for Congress for sure? No, it's guaranteed that, that uh, by throwing Amelia on the ground. That will... <laughs> so don't you think that... the black son of a bitch part's going to hurt you at all? Yeah, you know, Don, thinking about it, yeah. uh, all the sound bites that they could pick up off this podcast with you. That's I, true. I, I'm true. afraid you don't have a prayer. I don't have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't put away the snow shovels just yet, because it is absolutely dumping great clips on this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Brad Shaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. Ruben Paul, Rami Romani, Jimmy Pardo, and Eddie McDaniel. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week. I